Hi, I'm Coach Corey Ween, and this is my video coaching newsletter. And the topic of today's newsletter is going to be the jerk who has no self-awareness on dates. Well, I've got an email here from a guy who, this is kind of like a, there's some cringe-worthy moments in this particular email. So this guy's on the, I guess he's been following me for about four years. He's on the Bumble dating app. And so he had a date that was going quite well, and then he started making an attempt at a joke that he had thought of earlier in the day. And so he presents it to his date, and it was just like a total train wreck. The girl literally ends up leaving the date in tears. And he just has like no self-awareness as to why she's reacting this way. And to make matters worse, he re after she leaves at the table, she's like, I'm just going to leave now. And she gets up and leaves crying because, like, I mean, the guy's just, he's obviously, he recognized that something was off. And uh, so you got to give him credit for that. But then he gets in touch with another girl that had messaged him on Bumble because he says he's gotten a lot of, a lot of matches on there. And she meets up with him. And he, within a short time later, she also leaves upset at him. And he still is kind of cocky and condescending and really hasn't accepted the fact that he screwed up and obviously just made these women feel horrible with his bad attempt at humor. And he just, it didn't click. And so instead of embracing the fact that he screwed up, he turns around and says there's something wrong with these women. Now, they, they might not have had the highest self-esteem. It's possible. But if you're going on a date and you're, you say something to somebody that's so upsetting to them that they start crying and then you don't recognize that you're upsetting them and then they just leave the date and then it happens twice, that's what we call a lack of self-awareness and a lack of sensory acuity. You've got to be able to read the other person's body language and their facial expressions and recognize that your humor is going over like a lead balloon. And you could use things like that. It's like, well, I could tell that my joke, I'm totally bombing here with this joke and it's going over like a lead balloon because you could say things like that. So I got a quote that I'll, I'll talk about that there's a technique that I use and I've, I use in my books and my videos. I've talked about it before. It's called wound and then heal and I'll get into it in the quote because it can be powerful because like when you do the wound and then heal technique, it's kind of like the wound is you reveal some flaw about yourself and then obviously the healing is, hey, here's the solution. It may be a better person or I don't take myself too seriously because of this and it's a really effective strategy you know, when you look at people are there some of the best public speakers is they get up and they talk about a lot of their problems or things that didn't go well for them. And so everybody has a good laugh at their expense. And what it does, it kind of brings them down to your level. So you're not seeing some billionaire on stage or some rich, successful person or somebody that's more successful than you talking about how great they are. And then you walk out of thinking, oh, this, this person's just an arrogant jerk. They were born good, good looking. They were born with a silver spoon in their mouth. But when they get up and they reveal all the, the crap that they've been through in their life and the difficult things, everybody kind of naturally feels kind of a little bit sorry for them. They're like, wow, that was pretty horrible. And so you feel relatable. And then you it creates rapport in your audience. And obviously in this case, you have an audience of one because he's on a he was on a date. So obviously he was not able to read his audience that it wasn't going too well. 
So, and I had this experience, uh, you know, because I, I took uh, Joe Williams, who was at the time, I don't know, it was like 15 years ago, who was Tony Robbins' head trainer. And he had a, a what you called a speaker's boot camp. And so we would all practice, you know, between two, five, or 10 minute talks on things that we were going to talk about. And his goal with the class was to give you the best experience on stage in a group of like 30 or 40 people and also your worst experience. And I remember I, I got up on stage and I was telling a story and I was sharing something and it was a success. But I started off with a success and because especially it came around relationships and women that people just perceived he's, oh, he's an arrogant jerk. And I didn't really, I wasn't able, I didn't notice that because I wasn't really paying too much attention to the, the room. And then he mentioned that and that people, it's like their physiology changed. And then when he said this, I looked around, I looked at the people's expression on their faces and, and I was like, oh, okay. And then, so we went back through and then the next time I got up, I told a story. It's like, you know, I shared something in my own life and I literally had the instructor he was so overwhelmed with good emotions because it reminded me, uh, reminded him of something with his own kids. It brought up a very special memory, and he was going through a divorce at the time. It brought him to tears. He was so moved by it, and everybody clapped for me when I finished the the second speech. So I literally went from having the worst experience, where the whole room was like, "Screw you, Corey, you're a jerk," to "Wow, that was amazing." It was so, I mean, everybody was clapping and they were moved by it and several people came up to me afterwards and wanted to hear more about my experiences and what I knew and so that's something I've used in my my work and it's just talking about my flaws my faults and my screw-ups my my first book and then obviously my second book mastering yourself because it's very powerful it's very effective and if you can utilize that when you're on a date you're in a presentation it really helps you create rapport with other people because it kind of brings you down to their level it makes you relatable and when they feel that you're on their level and you're relatable and you got flaws you got faults you got things that didn't work out you got things that were a train wreck in your life or whatever happens to be at one point they like you more and then when they like you now you can actually influence them because now they're open to listening to you whereas if you come off across as an arrogant jerk they're going to tune you out and not listen to anything that you have to say, even though you may have really great information to offer them. So I'm going to read the quote, and then I'm going to go through this guy's email. And the quote says, Women love men who are playful and fun, but also who are humble and don't take themselves too seriously. There is a fine line between using playful humor that elicits a good laugh and good feelings and being mean in a way that tries to diminish the other person through condescending put downs in the pickup community they call those put downs as kind of like negs or nagging the girl but you can take the negativity too far and you're gonna make her feel like crap and then she gets totally turned off a good strategy that works well to create rapport and communicate that you enjoy making jokes at your own expense and don't take yourself too seriously is the wound and then heal strategy the wounding is the revealing of something that is a funny shortcoming of yours. The healing is that you have embraced your funny shortcoming and are comfortable with it and invite others to crack a joke at your expense. This makes you relatable and makes others feel comfortable revealing funny shortcomings of their own that they have embraced and accepted. 
When you embrace and learn to love and accept your own shortcomings and flaws, no one else can use them against you. So in that way, vulnerability is power. It's power because you share your vulnerability and you're not ashamed of it. You don't feel bad of it. It's just like all the stuff that I did when I was younger, especially in my 20s and all the mistakes I made. I look back on it and it's silly to me now, but I didn't know any better. And it really helps other people because most guys have had similar experiences and gotten similar rejections and had similar things go sideways on them. So it makes them relatable. Like, okay, Corey understands what I'm going through. He did the same thing. He made the same mistake. He said the same stupid thing that I did. He did this. He didn't do the thing that he should have done, just like I did on my last date, or whatever it happened to be. So let's go through his email. He says, "Hey, coach, I thought I'd be writing a success story after listening to your audiobook ten times since 2017, and I found you after a bad codependent narcissist relationship that left me contemplating suicide daily, single and unworthy for three words after." three years afterwards and it sparked a spiritual awakening which resulted in me developing a similar enlightenment experience and that you describe in your videos it reminds me of the quote by Eckhart Tolle and the quote is for most people their suffering is their spiritual teacher because eventually the suffering brings about awakening Remember, we tend to suffer when we want reality to be other than it is. In other words, we're not accepting reality. And we're mad about things being the way they are in our life. But you have to change it over time. And if you're not happy with certain things, the only thing you do right now in the present moment is to accept what is. Because if you don't accept what is, you're going to suffer because you're not accepting reality. You don't like the world as it is right now. But it takes time to change things. So control what you have control over. Influence what you have the ability to influence in the moment. I rediscovered your book a few months ago, and it's been on repeat, and I've watched about 100 of your videos. I met a girl I really enjoy and consider an alpha since she comes from a happy two-parent home, never gets upset or offended, sexy body, has a great career, similar hobbies, and is very independent, though I consider her physically as seven. At this time, though, her cute smile and laugh is growing on me. Despite that, she responds exactly as expected to your strategies when I respond with my newly excavated confidence. This girl is predictable and acts as expected. Kind of sounds like everything's a lab experiment to him at this point. Because what can happen is you, you, when you start to see things at work, and I had an experience like this as well when I was learning, is that you can take being humorous and playful too far to where it's mean and it hurts the other person's feelings and you can see it in her face and so that's when you notice that when you're taking things too far and that's why it's so much better to to make jokes in person versus over text because you can't see the other person's body language or physiology or how they're reacting to it and especially if a guy's trying to be funny and cocky and goofy in text and she doesn't know him and he doesn't know her and he's not done this a lot he can take it too far, and then all of a sudden he gets ghosted. But I went out on a date night, which turned into two dates after the first one left me at the table to finish her wine, and then I invited another, which I had not replied to her text in a week since I had been overwhelmed with the women in my Bumble app. Though both dates ended up with the, we the women leaving upset at me. Well, one thing I ha have to admit, I've never had a woman up and leave a date in the middle of it. <laughs> it's never been that bad. 
I've had a few bad ones when I was younger, and I didn't know any better. But two women in one night—that's you get a you get a medal, an Olympic medal for that one. I thought I was beginning to overcome my low confidence and fear of not knowing what to stay, what to say. I stayed in the moment with this eight, eight and eight out of nine, or eight or a nine on a scale of one to ten. Though I was taken by her beauty. She was talking and laughing a lot. She has a strong attraction since we spoke in the phone a few days earlier for about 15 minutes and made definite plans to meet, to meet. After about 45 minutes, this is where it starts to go sideways. After about 45 minutes, I pulled out my phone and opened the Bumble app to make a joke, which I had thought of earlier in the day of relating the Bumble app to the Pokemon Pokedex I don't really know anything about Pokemon other than, you know, I've seen the figures and the cards and stuff. It's, it means nothing to me. <laughs> Which displays all of Pokemon's stats. Since I kept thinking love is playful and ridiculous, I wasn't afraid to make jokes at my expense or that of my maturity. She then got upset that perhaps people behind us might see me on the Bumble app when I am with a girl that looks like her. Yeah, if you're on a date with a girl you met on the Bumble dating app, I probably wouldn't pull that, pull your phone out and start going through it. And especially what you're going to see what he's about to do. So she got upset that perhaps people behind us might see me on the Bumble app when I am with a girl that looks like her, she said. Perhaps low confidence and a fear of rejection? I don't know. She was a smoke show. I then mentioned that I should just delete her profile since we already met and there's no point being matched still. So if you say something like that, it's, come on, man. You're on a date with a girl and you're like, I'm deleting the match. You delete the match, what does that mean? It means that the match sucked. And you're like, so in other words, you're kind of rejecting her publicly right in front of her. It's kind of like condescending. It's just a bad way to go. And then he continues on. I then mentioned I have had some strange bumble dates and implied that some may have been stalkers and I didn't want them seeing my exact distance and miles and images after our dates. <laughs> so again, if you talk about other women when you're on a date with a woman, guess what? They're going to assume you're comparing her to these other women. So notice her next response. She asked, do you think I'm a stalker? I said, no, but there's a lot of weird women out there jokingly. She asked, am I normal? So again, you're making it worse because now you're implying that she's weird. I replied, you're almost there, so keep it up. So now you're kind of telling her that she's weird and not normal. And it's like, man, it's just going off the rails. He says, with a confident smirk. As I signed a slanted palm to an encroaching flat normal line with my other hand. After deleting her Bumble profile, she looked like she was about to cry. Come on, man. Jesus Christ. You're deleting her profile right in front of her in a public place in a restaurant. So it looks like, you know, she's probably thinking this guy's going to reject me in front of everybody. And he's still not picking up on it. He still has no self-awareness. Her tears were held back. I felt bad and replied, you okay? Who needs a Bumble profile when you got the real thing here? In a reassuring manner. 
You should have said, oh, I'm sorry. It's like that joke totally bombed. It went over like a lead balloon. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you upset. I was just trying to be funny. And obviously, it didn't go too well. I used to take the short bus to school, so I'm a little mentally challenged. I'm not perfect. You got to, you got to, because that goes into the wounding part. If you're trying to recover, it's like now you want to kind of put yourself a little below and show that you're not condescending and you're not arrogant towards her that actually you're on a lower level in that case humor wise until you see your body language start to recover because again the idea is like you, you, you just don't take yourself too seriously but the problem is you're being mean and you're condescending and you're rejecting her right in front of everybody in the restaurant and it's like that's just not cool dude She said, I don't know how I should feel right now. Well, I was hoping you would laugh, but obviously that joke didn't go too well. Then she said, I never had this happen before. She was at a loss for words. My confidence is still intact, though, she said. I replied, it's okay, you can delete mine. She said, I can't since you deleted mine and both are deleted now. I said, well, you can delete my number, damn. Actually, I would still have your number, it's okay, I'll delete your number then jokingly. <sighs> What's the saying when you're in a hole? Stop digging? Ah. Train wreck. Crash and burn clean up in aisle five then she said very shakily i'm going to leave now as she got up and left i said okay thanks and she left i deleted her number not to be tempted to reach out but please tell me this is not normal hot girl behavior it's like dude you were being a fucking jerk it's like that's horrible you, you if you if you got a way to get the number, you should reach out and say, I'm sorry, my jokes totally bombed last night, and I'm really sorry I made you feel bad. I don't think she'd reply to you, but that's brutal, dude. He says, am I coming off as an asshole rather than a cocky gentleman? Yes, yes. I am appreciating my other girl I regularly date since I never had to walk on eggshells like this before around her. Dude, you told, that was like just horrible what you did. It's like that's in a public place. You're basically rejecting. You're being kind of cock, cock, you know, what's sort of condescending and arrogant. Like, hey, I'm better than you, and now nah, you don't meet my standards. I'm going to reject you in front of everybody. It's horrible. You know, it doesn't matter whether she had a healthy self-esteem or not at that point. It's like that's just fucking rude. And the fact you have no self-awareness and you're like that didn't dawn on you. You got a little. You're taking things way too far. He said, I did not let this one get me down. Keep in mind, there's another one in the same night. I did not let this get me down and was able to call another girl over who I had met on Bumble. He says, no, come on, man, needed here. I would never dream of inviting a girl I was really interested in over with a spontaneous come over now text. So you're inviting a girl over and that you don't really like because you want to make her feel bad in other to build yourself up that's just not cool you shouldn't tear other people down to soothe your own ego to make yourself feel better that's just not cool it's not something a nice person would do you don't have to be a nice guy to be a doormat but 
being a dick like this is like, it's going to get you nowhere, man. She came over in 15 minutes to argue about why men aren't masculine and women aren't feminine. Still not sure what she was talking about. I just laughed it off and maintained my center. I could tell she was getting more upset as to why I could not logically explain to her why I believe this. I ultimately said it's because I am a man and I penetrate everything with my life with pinpoint precision <laughs> from my career, passions, hobbies to my women as I look her in the <laughs> Come on, man. Oh boy. I then said women are emotionally based and men logically and she couldn't understand if she tried. I didn't expect much since she had told me she was BPD in our phone conversation a week earlier. She was a hot 21 year old and I am 34 and handsome and buff and fit. But it wasn't meant to be that way tonight with her either. Obviously. I shrugged it off and laughed all the way home thinking any lesser man would be crushed by two rejections, but I got about 10 women in the lineup. So I look at two bad dates in one night as a good thing since I focus on my purpose three nights per week after my day job. I don't only online date, I've really been enjoying meeting girls out and eyeball fucking them, gently of course, and watching their reactions. Dude, come on man. You gotta definitely smooth out those rough edges. You're taking things too far and you're being an arrogant dick. An ass I mean you're you were spot on in your analysis, like, hey, am I being an asshole? It's like, yeah, you're being an asshole, dude. Anyways, I thank you for helping me to experience these and many more awesome experiences. Well, hopefully you don't have any more like this and that you get the message. You can't you can't do this, dude. You can't be this way. I've evolved so much in my career and have several side hustles I am working on and also want to coach others since I see the joy I bring and the effect I can have in people's lives. Like, yeah, you really brought a lot of joy to these two girls' lives tonight by just being friendly and talking and talking of the people I meet daily. I don't want to perpetuate the negative broken home I had and want to help evolve the consciousness of the planet through injecting love into the collective consciousness. Well, you weren't injecting love into those two girls' lives. And you definitely should apologize for being a dick. Just because. You'll probably never hear from either one of them again, but it's just the right thing to do. Why? Because you fucked up. And when you fuck up, a man admits that he fucked up. And a few hot beef injections along the way. Thank you from the bottom of an ex-hermit's heart who thought this kind of amazing life was only reserved for the rich and famous. Well, I think it's great that you're having success, but it's like... I hope you see that, man, that was, that was pretty brutal. I haven't seen an email where that guy's, where a guy's done something like that in a long time. Probably the last one, uh, Clueless Creepy Stalker, I think, was, I don't know, six, eight years ago. This, like, this has that level of lack of self-awareness, and that one was really bad. This one's not quite that bad, but it's pretty bad. I mean, you made... You made a girl cry, dude. It's like, come on. It's like, get a clue. You can't do that. You went way, way, way too far. And that's why I said a way to recover that is to go back into the wound part where you just kind of put yourself below the other person. It's really effective, especially if you're in sales and you're, you want to bring your, you want to be able to bring yourself down to whether you're talking to a billionaire 
or the homeless person on the street. You want to be able to talk about your flaws and your faults and things that haven't gone well for you in life. And then they kind of see you that you're just a, a human being with flaws and faults just like them. It's very effective. And if you'd like to get these sweet Come On Man mugs, teespring.com, the Coach Corey Wayne store. Obviously, you can read both of my books for free at understandrelationships.com. All I got to do is subscribe to the email newsletter. And if you'd like to get my help personally with any kind of personal professional problem you're having, go to understandrelationships.com, click the products tab at the top of your screen, and book a coaching session with yours truly. Until next time, I will talk to you soon. 